This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He says three key words that I want us to focus on today. He says, I fought, I finished, and I kept. I fought, I finished, and I kept. I begin to think about those words, and, and you know, life itself is a fight, it's a struggle. And you put marriage into that as well, it's, it's a struggle. And I always tell people, man, don't get fixated on what Hollywood represents with marriage or or some movie represents with marriage. I know marriage is the real deal. And it takes two people that are that are willing to fight for it, to make it successful, and to make it work. So the Apostle Paul is saying uh, these key words we're going to focus on. I fought, I finished, and I kept. I fought, I finished, and I kept. And it reminds me of a story one day. Um, in our little hometown, we're from Nashville, but we actually live in a a town that's about 10 minutes south of Nashville. Uh, it's about 10 minutes from the church, Pastor Bob. Going south, it's a small town called Nolansville. <clears throat> it's kind of a little country feel. You know, we're outside of the city. It's a little bit more quiet. It's growing, but it's a little bit more quiet there. And so, uh, one of my places that I hang out is a little, uh, there's a little uh, coffee house type of flow there. They make sandwiches and serve breakfast and so uh, when I'm doing a lot of work or I'm writing or anything like that I'll go to that coffee shop and so I always run into this this older gentleman there that's retired and um, his name is his name is Bob and, and he's there and he's about 65 and so he, he's always reading a book but we always strike up a quick conversation you know and he'll tell me a joke or something and so we laugh and so uh, probably about Nine out of the ten times that I go in there, I see this gentleman there. So we become friends over a period of time. And so one day I'm in there. My mother-in-law bought, always buys me all these Superman t-shirts. For some reason, she thinks I'm Superman. And so and one day, you know, she, uh, I'm, she's visiting with us, and I'm standing in the kitchen, and I've got on one of the t-shirts she bought me as a Superman emblem. And she goes, Adonis, I know you laugh because I send you all these Superman t-shirts. She goes, but I really think you're Superman. She said, I see the way that you, you love my daughter and you take care of your family. And if, if you heard my wife Heather last night, she didn't grow up in a home where a good marriage was modeled and a good family was modeled. But that was a huge compliment from my mother-in-law. And, and I must be doing something right if my mother-in-law thinks I'm Superman. So if anything, I can fail at anything else, but if she thinks I'm Superman, I'm doing something right. So that day I have on one of the Superman t-shirts and I'm, I'm in the coffee shop and, and Bob is there as well and um, we're talking and everything then he goes sits down he reads his book and I'm there for about two hours but uh, when he gets up to leave you know he'll always come by and say hey I got a joke for you or something like that but this time he got up to leave and he came because he saw my, my Superman t-shirt and he looked at me as he was leaving and he leaned down and he said now Adonis watch out for the kryptonite <laughs> <laughs> 
And he walked out of the door. How do you know God spoke to me about Just in that moment, it's just like a, I stopped doing everything I was doing there. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want to speak to me right now? That's all he said. Watch out for the kryptonite. And he walked out of the coffee shop. And right there, God just began to lay some things. And this is fresh, fresh off the throne because I'm there. My mind was doing some other stuff. And in that moment, everything shifted and changed. And I thought, oh, my God, there's kryptonite always waiting on us to deflate, to depower, uh, to minimize, to suck the life out of us, to drain us. And we've got to identify, now listen to the words of Paul. He said, watch out for the kryptonite, which <clears throat> signifies it's out there. We've got to pinpoint whatever it is that makes us less than, whether that's in our, our life, in our marriage, whatever it is that has the potential to make us not be all that God created us to be. So, here's the deal with that, guys. I just got about a few things I want to share with you. Just some, some kryptonite that God downloaded to me that has helped my life and I believe that can help ours as men of God and as husbands as well. Uh, the first thing is the kryptonite of wrong associations. That is so key, guys, right there. Wrong associations. Because even as my six-year-old we notice that he's hanging out with the wrong kids at school. And just because you're older than a six-year-old doesn't mean that, that something won't rub off on you. And we've got to make sure, because it's so easy to get around somebody who's having a negative conversation about their spouse. And before long, their negative connotation or conversation is in your mind, and all of a sudden you get home to your wife and something happens, and it triggers something in you about the conversation you heard John at work talking something bad about his wife. And so you've got to begin to recognize, wait a minute, okay, if I'm hanging out with this person, is it empowering me? Is it, is it, is it uplifting me? When I leave their presence, do I feel good or do I feel drained? And so never get stuck in the, the rut or stuck in that situation to where you feel like, okay, but maybe God has assigned this person to my life so that I can pour into them. I mean, you've got to give that a time limit. You've you, you got to recognize, okay, is this a God assignment or is this an enemy assignment? Because just like God can assign people to your life, I mean, no, the devil assigns people to your life. And you've got to begin to recognize that. You got to begin to you got to begin to take the pulse of any associations uh, that are in your life, any associations that you're spending uh, time with. Here's the deal with this. You know, uh, when when I'm out and this is key here, and I think it, it works for everybody. When I'm out and and you know when I do a lot of traveling and things like that, and so people always say, well, what 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 guards your mind or, or whatnot or what. You know, and I don't like to be away from my family for long periods of times. I love trips like this. Thank you, Pastor Bob, where I'm able to bring my entire family uh, because I love family time and I love being with my family. But when I'm away from my family, I make sure that my mind is always attached to my family. No matter what, no matter where I'm at or who I'm with, you know, I always filter every conversation. Even when I'm with my friends, it's like I'm talking about my family. When I go somewhere and speak for the very first time, when I, did, when I came for the first time, I always introduce people to my family as a shield for me because I want people to know who I'm connected with. 
and I keep that in my mind. So uh, when I'm hanging out with people or whatever, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out my phone every now and then. Not that I'm scrolling through, but I hit one, one button on my phone that causes everything to go back in focus. If I heard somebody talk something negative about uh, their spouse, quickly I pull out my phone and I push one button. What pops up? Picture of my family. What am I doing? I'm erasing anything that somebody has said around me that has the potential to cause me to take on their offense. That ever happened to you? It's like you could be hearing somebody that's, you know, as a pastor, I do a lot of marriage counseling. And so it's funny because I've got a, I've got a, when I leave a marriage counseling session, dude, I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at my family. <laughs> Because there's been times where I've gotten home and the very thing that I was counseling the couple about doing, it popped up in me and my wife's conversation. And where does my mind go back? Oh, my mind goes back. Well, man, his, his wife is saying this and this and this. And, and so I started filtering everything about my current conversation through a counseling session. And so what is that? That is guilty by association. And so I've got to make sure that in my life, whatever I'm doing, no matter who's in my world, I make sure that I filter everything through my family. What's the most important thing to me? Of course, my relationship with God, but also my family, my spouse. And so I'm always pulling on my phone, I hit one button and I look at it and I just remind myself, this, is, this needs to be the focus of everything. And so when I'm with people, is this causing me to be a better husband? Is me hanging out with this person here, is this adding anything to my life? Now, I know God's called me to pour into people, but I'm talking about those associations that, that you run with, the people that are close to you. You know, you got to ask yourself, are they helping me be better? Are they helping me be better? And that is so key, because you can connect with the wrong people. Once again, just like we notice when my son comes home, it's like, okay, who you been hanging out with? And he puts his head down, and there's a couple of kids in his classroom that, that, that we've almost mandated. Hey, these are, these are kids that if you choose to hang out with them, then you're going to end up getting in trouble like they get in trouble all the time. So we put that responsibility back on him. And so God put that on me in that restaurant. It's like, I have to be careful who I'm associated with. Because no matter what, guys, here's the deal. The enemy is always looking for a door to get into your life and to get into your marriage. That's the gateway right there. If he can get into your life, he gets into your marriage, he gets into your family, and it produces the wrong results. So you gotta watch out for the kryptonite of associations. You gotta understand, not everybody's for you. Really begin to see God. There's a few close people that I call friends, you know? And here's the deal. You know, you may have a thousand friends on Facebook. Nobody has a thousand friends. You understand what I'm saying? You're doing good if you got if you can say you got five good friends. Don't don't ever get fooled by, oh man, they got so they got two thousand friends on Facebook. No, no, nobody has that. You're doing good if you got four or five guys that you could that you can rip the mask off with and be real. And I've got about three of them that I can, I can rip the mask off and be real. And we can have some good conversations. And I can look at them and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. You know? And these, and these are confidence and confidants that, that they're not going to go and tell everything that's going on in my world. 
But we can sit there, and, and, and it's, it's, it's awesome when you begin to share something and you find out somebody else is going through, one of your friends is going through that too. And then you're able to see, well, how did you get through that? And then that's, that's that relationship that you need. That's, that's that relationship that builds you up. That's that relationship that, that will help you be a better man. One of my good friends is, uh, uh, actually, he's on the way down here now. They're going to come up for, for Sunday service. And uh, we sit and talk all the time about fatherhood and, and, you know, how do you train up your child? What are you doing? I'm having this issue with my child at school and I don't know what to do with it. And so those are those relationships that you need in your life because as you help somebody else become better, guess what? It's helping you become better as well. So once again, watch out for the kryptonite of wrong associations. It's okay to love people at a distance. Does that make sense? It's okay to love people at a distance. God's not called you to everybody. It's okay to identify those relationships that, that drain you. You know, there's some people, and my wife still laughing at me, but there's some people that I thank God for caller ID. There's some people that's like, there's no way I'm answering that. Not today. Not today. That emergency can wait. You know, because sometimes we feel like we got to be Johnny on the spot, and I've got to, you know, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I'm not answering that because I know if I if I if I if I swipe right, that's going to take an hour out of my time, and I'm not going to fix or solve anything for that person. Those are the relationships that I've learned over a period of time in ministry. That those are the relationships that become like kryptonite. Doesn't mean that person is evil. But that relationship and that demand, it becomes a kryptonite because it drains me. If I see your name on caller ID and all of a sudden my mood drops 30 degrees, that drain, and I've just seen your name. I haven't even talked to you. That means, whoa, I need to do a checkup. I need to start putting that person at a distance because I don't need anything to drain me. You know, I don't like to take calls when I'm on the way home. Why? Because I don't want to enter into the house being drained. I want to enter into the house fresh and ready to be dad, to be husband, to my, to my kids and my wife. And so you've got to make sure that you're, you're watching out for those kryptonite relationships. Amen? Yeah. Uh, the second thing here, this is a big one here, the kryptonite of media. James 1.14 says, temptation is the pool of a man's own evil thoughts and wishes. Now that's deep right there, guys. Temptation is the pool of a man's own evil thoughts and wishes. Now here's the deal. You know, and just being honest, as a man, you know, sometimes we have some thoughts that are like, whoa, what am I doing thinking that? And that's, that's, just, that's, that's just being a man, you know? Uh, when I was in Bible school, uh, we had this men's session and uh, we had a guest speaker there and one of the kids asked him this question. He said, he said sir, I, I got a question. He said, can you answer me this? He said, he said uh, when will I ever get over lust? And the guest speaker looked back and said, about 10 minutes after you're dead. <laughs> what he told me. He said, about 10 minutes after you're dead, you'll be free from it. I mean, that's a constant struggle and a battle. Yeah. And it's just something we always have to be on guard against. And so the media understands that. Anything on internet, social media, it understands that. I mean, it's always grabbing for our attention. 
Always. Make no mistake about it, guys. The media is always trying to pull the man into something that he has no business being in. And that's why we've got to set a guard on that. We've got to be proactive to that. Here's the deal. The grass is not greener on the other side. It is not. If it is, it's artificial turf. That's why it's greener. Water your grass and put time into your grass and make it flourish. And you got to realize those things that are, that are after your own appetites and, and things that are uh, uh, trying to get you to look a different direction. You know, I come across a lot of guys and, 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 and that whole honest struggle of, of uh, watching things that they shouldn't be watching or, or online and, 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 and internet pornography. And so I don't know that's a snare, that's a trap. And that's what it is. And, and I never judge, and, 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 and because I'm a man as well, I've been through that, those ups and downs, and it's like, okay, I've got to do something to clean my mind and make sure my mind stays, stays right. And so uh, I stay away from media as much as I can. We guard that with our children. You know, our kids have, have iPads, and they only use them. We, we, we've narrowed them down. They use them on road trips, so, so they won't be in the back asking us a thousand times, when will we get there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? My son was, are we in Mississippi yet? Are we in Mississippi yet? I'm like, no, we will tell you when we get to Mississippi. <laughs> we saw the sign. We said, look, Grayson, we're in Mississippi. <laughs> and so, so we, we guard that because we don't want them to have access. And we, we don't want to have access to things that, that will ultimately come in because of social media and, and disrupt our lives and disrupt our marriages. You know, so many guys I, I counsel with, they will have the, the, the misconception and they will think, once again, that their marriage is supposed to resemble what Hollywood says. And I'm like, you've missed it. You, you've let something else portray to you what your marriage is supposed to look like. And I said, you've got to get out of that. you got to get off the media. And another thing, guys, with that, social media has just, and I'm not saying it's bad. You know, we use it all the time for different things, but... But, but a tool becomes good or bad in the hands of its beholders. And so you, if you know your, yourself, and I tell people all the time, if you know your weaknesses and you know yourself, then you've got to stay far away from whatever it is that could potentially cause you to make a bad turn, potentially cause a, a wreck in your marriage, in your relationship. And we all know what those things are. We know what the triggers are. You know, I'll tell my wife, you know, there's certain things I just won't watch on television. Not because I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, it's the devil, it's the devil. No, no, it's just I'm a man. And I know there's certain things that I just, I'm not going to watch. Because the longer my eye gate is open to that, the longer there's a possibility for that to, to, to get etched into my mind. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking about that. How do you know every, every bad deed starts with a little thought? Everything. And so we've got to be smart with that. Watch what, what you filter through uh, social media. Watch what you uh, filter through television. Those are just some key things, guys, that, that if we're not careful, we will fall into a situation. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't let anybody become my friend on social media unless my wife knows who they are. Does that make sense? I just, I just do that. I'm like, babe, you know where these people are? And, or these women are, things like that. I just don't do that. And it's not because I'm fearful, but I'm guarding myself and I'm guarding my, my, my marriage. Uh, being a pastor, there's a lot of women that reach out to me and say, hey, but I'm quick to respond 
to say things like, y'all say, hey, Pastor Johnson, we just be praying for me. This is going through. My first response is, Heather and I. What am I doing? What am I doing? Immediately, I'm bringing my wife into the equation. Heather and I are praying for you. I never respond, I will be praying for you. Heather and I are praying for you. We are here for you. I even go so far as to say, if you need anything, here is Heather's number. What am I doing? It's not that I don't trust that person, but I don't trust the devil. And I know how things can get misconstrued and mistaken, so I immediately bring my wife into the equation. And from then on, it's like my wife knows about it, I know about it, and the person knows my wife knows about it. Because you never want to be singled out. You never want to be, uh, if somebody reaches, and, and this is the deal. You know, somebody reaches out to you, sends you a text message, or hits you up on social media. Guys, you you got to make a decision. Nothing is, if you get a check immediately, that ever happened to anybody? Like, whoa, this is, why are they reaching out? You know? Boom. You get a check. That's because God, God gave you a spirit. And, and I'm a big opponent in following the checks that God gives you. It doesn't mean you hear fire alarms or anything like that. You just hear, whoa. And when I get a check, I don't sit there and question God. I don't sit there. I just follow the check about that person, that individual, you know? I remember one day we were driving down the road. This doesn't have anything to do with social media or anything like that, but we were driving down the road, and, you know, we saw somebody that we, we knew, and they were at a store, or just they were parked in front of a store, uh, but they were away from the store, and their car was parked in a different direction. And my wife, you understand, with her background, and forensics, and uh, she used to work for the police department, all this stuff. They're just trained to see some certain things quickly and already be able to know where that's headed. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So all she did, we're driving down the road, and I said, hey, there's Steve over there. And she looks. And as we're driving, she sees the way his car is parked. He's away from the store. It's almost like an empty parking lot. He was away from the store. His car is parked at a different angle. And she said, mark my word, there's something going on. That's all she said. I'm driving like, what? Man's just parked at the store. What are you talking about? That's me. That's me. Get the guy a break. He, maybe he's on lunch break. And he's just parked at the, the parking lot. But she goes, mark my word, that's not good. And something's going on. Two weeks later, who did I get a phone call from? Steve. Marriage shot. Made some mistakes. Two weeks later. That's why it's so important for you and I, guys, to follow those checks immediately. They're there for a reason. That's the Holy Spirit trying to nudge you. you not get involved with something. Go the other direction. But if you sit there and try to dismiss it, that's when we open up an opportunity for us to get involved in something that God is trying to get us away from. Amen? The third one is the kryptonite of neglect. The kryptonite <coughs> of neglect. This is a huge one here, guys. Don't let anything or anyone cause you to not give your family or your spouse the time they need from you. Your wife and kids need you to be active in their lives 
What good will it do for you to climb the ladder of success just to find out that you've left your family on the ground floor? That is so huge right there. The kryptonite of neglect. And that's one of the things that I have to fight constantly. I have to schedule that. And here's the deal. We're, so many times I think we're looking for this magical answer, but I believe God wants us to do some practical things. And with me, I have to put certain parameters over my life that do not cross over into my marriage and into my, my kids' lives. When I come home from work, whatever that is, I am dad. I, I realize I just walked into the door. I'm not a pastor. I am husband and I am dad. And the moment I start taking my family for granted, that's when we start slipping away from each other. And I listen to my kids, you know. Somebody, uh, I heard somebody ask this. Has it been? He's got five. Ten after. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got one more point. Oh, and so. Okay. I'll finish up this one thought. This helped anybody so far? You guys good? I'll finish up this one thought. So, with the neglect, you know, no matter what you do in your life, your business, your job, your career, whatever that is, you know, I heard somebody say this one time, and I, I've kind of put it on myself. It's like because I've got small kids, and you know, I would tell people when they reach a certain age, and if you were to sit them down and interview them and ask them, you know, what did they like most about their dad? And they couldn't answer by saying, well, he's a pastor, or he speaks in front of large congregations, or whatever that is. I'd want my kids to say, my dad played with me. My dad came through on his promises. And I've built that so into my schedule and my routine to where I'm teaching my kids that no matter what I do, they're always my top priority. I won't neglect them. I won't put them on the back shelf. People in church know they can't come up to me if they see my kids around me. Because if my kids are there, I don't hear what you're saying to me. My attention is at my kids. So they know they can't come up to me and ask me anything if my kids are there. And my kids know that. They don't take advantage of that, but they know when they come up to daddy, Daddy's has them in mind and they've got daddy's attention. Right. I want my kids to be able to say, when my dad said he was going to do something, he did it. So we built these little routines in our, in, our, in our life. So every night, I've got to go up to my kids' rooms. I do this every night. I put them to bed and I've got to lay down with each one of them and say a prayer with them. And then I got to, when my little daughter, she takes it a little further, I've got to say a prayer with her, then I've got to rub her back. <laughs> she rolls over. Daddy rubbed my back. Now scratch my back. <laughs> you know, I come home every day. When we come home, the first thing Heather and I do is we make sure we walk in and we go straight up to one another and kiss each other. Our kids are there, Daddy, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy. No, we bypass them and we go and kiss each other because we're teaching them about priority and what really matters in life. We don't want them walking away saying Daddy was never there. Daddy was never there, you know. And um, what happens when you have two little faces? The first thing 
Yeah. The door, you just step over yes. Oh, yeah. They, they know. We, just, we bypass them. They know. They know it so much now. My son Grayson was like, Daddy, I knew you were going to do that because you always walk straight home and you walk straight up to Mommy and kiss her because they know. It reminds me of a story in the Bible. I don't want to be this dad. And, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to preach this message, but one day I will. This is the, the, the story of the prodigal son. You know, we've heard the elder brother, we've heard him preaching so many different messages that he was the accuser of the brethren, or, or he was jealous and he was mad. But he told it, if you remember, he told his dad, he said, Dad, I've worked for you all these years, and you never even gave me a small calf so I could go and have a, a party with my friend. His dad never answered him, but that was a valid statement. If you listen to him, that was a valid statement that he said, yeah. Dad, you never. I don't want my kids to be able to stay, say one day, Dad, you never. God bless you guys. Yeah. 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 I think you're always going to hear. Lynn, this is the most important thing I can tell you. Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> Wait, this is going to be good. You're going to like this. Valentine's Day is coming up in just a couple of days. Your wives have all told me that if you go out and you buy them lingerie, no matter how long it's been since they've worn it, if you go out and buy them lingerie, they will wear that lingerie for you. They all promised me. So I told them I would communicate that. So whatever you need to do, you go out and you find them lingerie for Valentine's Day. Do you have a coupon? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I do. See that now that's gonna that's gonna get brownie points for you for sure. <laughs> um, but I tell them so I have all your all your wives straight on that fact. So you guys are set. Which means now you have to be open to something that I want to share about what your wives are are looking for and uh, want from you because we are I explained to them we are created differently. Men and women are created so differently. We all know what most men want, um, and we all know what most women want, but somehow we fail to, fail to remember that because it's easy for me, who's a woman, to think, well, why is he doing this and this and this? And it's easy for me as a man to think, why is he doing this and this? So you have to put yourself in their shoes. Think of you, when you guys want something from your wives, you know what that is, and you know how to communicate that. But do you know how to ask your wives what it is that they want? So I think what I've heard from most women, not just your wives, but most women, what they want is they want the little things. They want to know that you're thinking about them. They want the little things. They want you to go out and plan a date night. They want you to be the ones that put that as a priority, to go out and plan. It, they're going to be happy with any little amount of effort that you put into a date night. If you take the time out of your schedules and say, let's go to, it doesn't even matter, anywhere out to dinner or go to a movie or go do anything, they are going to be happy just knowing that you guys have put in the effort to do a date night. If you send your wife a text during the day, not just telling her you love her, but telling her, uh, you looked really good when you left this morning. Something small like that, because if you're not doing that, 
chances are there's someone else out there that will be doing that. And, and that's a fact. That's how we are created. But also in that, you have to be mindful that all that attention is going to your wife and not to somebody else. It's very important to guard your relationships and to guard um, to guard your relationships at work, to guard your relationship anywhere with the opposite sex, that you're not opening that door. You know, one of the things that um, when when I first got saved and that I, God really had to work out in me was I thought, oh, men and women can be friends. I don't, I don't like them that way. They don't like me that way. It's easy for men and women to be friends. And one of the things God had to slowly reveal to me was that, you know, one person is always thinking something different. It doesn't matter if, if, if I'm sitting here saying, I, I don't, I'm not looking for anything from them. That doesn't mean they're not looking for anything from me. And so that's a fine line to cross. So just guard those relationships, guard those relationships anywhere you are, work, wherever it is, that's important to guard, to guard those relationships with the opposite sex. And same thing, same thing I told your wives. You know, if, if you're not telling your wives they're pretty, they're beautiful, they look nice, if you're not noticing they got new shoes or new hair stuff, you're not paying attention to those little things, chances are there are people out there. And I'm not saying that to, I'm not saying that to, to scare you or to motivate you, but the thing is, is that that is your responsibility as a man to make your woman feel beautiful because society, you guys see it all over. Society, TV, movies. Women are supposed to look this way and they're supposed to you know, be a size zero. Well, that eats on a woman. That eats on, it eats on their, their confidence. But the thing is, if you're building them up, those things don't matter. If you're telling them they're beautiful, they look great, this looks great, then you're building them up. And it's not going to matter what TV is showing them, what society is showing them. That is your responsibility to do for your wife. I've given them responsibilities that they are to do for you, but they're, certain, they're different things. And, you know, it's important that you are taking care of your spouse. You are taking care of making her feel like she's the most beautiful woman on earth because that that you thought that when you married her. You thought those things. So go back and remind yourself. I mean, things change. People age, you know, but it's still, you made a commitment to that person and you need to keep that person as your priority, which leads me to another thing. Um, I know women in general, they want to, they want to feel like um, that you've put in, that you're going to, willing to put in effort, that you're willing to make them a priority. Now, I like sports. I do. So I struggle with this one, but there are a lot of women out there who don't like sports or who don't like gaming or who don't like things like that. Those women, the women, I know, I know sometimes that's a release, but you guys are under a lot of pressure to be the provider, to be, um, to be the provider, to provide for your family, to be a good father, to be a good husband. And I know sometimes those are things that it's easy to just get lost in a, in a football game or just get lost in, you know, a game you're playing online or, you know, whatever it is, it's easy to get lost in things. But I think women, 
we see that and we think they're putting that as a priority over our marriage. And that's not saying that you can't do those things or have those things, but just make a check. If your wife's over there cooking dinner and you're sitting on the couch relaxing after, whether it be she's been at work all day or she's been home with the kids all day, she probably needs a break too. Go over and ask her, can I help you with that? Or how about you do the cooking and I'll clean up the dishes. That way, when you guys are de both of, you both have time to relax. You both have time to do some things. Because women especially, we try to, we have to have our good, our, we have to be a good cook, we have to have our house clean, we have to have our kids such a way, and that puts a lot of pressure on us. So if you help us with those chores, I promise she's not going to be exhausted when it's time to go to bed. And if you just do those little things, then she's gonna have some energy to put in back into your marriage. And same thing, if there's anything that you guys have where you're feeling like you're, you're exhausted, and if she could help you with this, communicate. Let her know, hey, you know, if you could just help me with this just for a minute, then I would have time to do this. It's, it's all, and that's another thing. It's about communicating. Women, we have a million words. We do. You guys have, oh, we hear this all the time. Your vocabulary is, <laughs> four words, your vocabulary is much smaller. But the thing is, we have a lot of words. Sometimes women, they just want to be heard. They just want you to listen to them. They just want you to take the time and have that face time with them that you're actually listening to them, you're hearing them, and you're paying attention to them. And if that's something that you need, communicate. Communicate. Don't just go off and think, oh, she doesn't care. The thing is, is your spouse, that is your greatest cheerleader. That is the person who will cheer for you the most. If you guys, if there are things that keep you up at night, things that you're thinking about, things that you're stressed about, share them with your spouse. Because a lot of times you, you don't share them with anybody. You just, you just sit and you think about them. Your spouse is your cheerleader. Share them with your spouse. Tell them, these are the things I dream of. These are the things that I'm stressed out about. These are the things that worry me. These are the things that keep me up at night. Don't internalize that. They are there. They are there to be your cheerleader. They are there to help you with things. And But if, if you don't communicate to them, they don't know. They don't know how to help you. They don't know what things that they can, they can help you with. So the thing is, is that you need to, if you don't have, if you're, you know, going and talking to your buddy and saying, hey, you know, this, that, and the other thing is going on, if your spouse doesn't know that, again, they can't help you. They can't, they can't help you sleep easier at night without knowing what's going on in your mind. If you're having an argument, if your wife has upset you about something, tell her. Like I said, don't just come out with cutting words, but tell her. If she's done something that has hurt you, that has truly hurt you, tell her. Because she doesn't know how to fix it otherwise. If you don't tell her, and vice versa. If you've done something from your spouse, I think every guy knows. You'll ask, is there something wrong? Are you okay? No, I'm fine. You know they're not fine. And what do you do in that situation? That's, the, that's where I think most men end up. What do I do? I've asked her three times, and then I move on. And the thing is, is that in that moment, what she's telling you is, I want you to 
slowly pull it out of me and I want to, I don't want to tell you but I want to tell you I don't want to tell you but I want to tell you that's what she's saying she's saying there is something wrong if you ask her three times and she's like no nothing's wrong and you know something's wrong something's wrong don't just go on about your day and thinking well she's not going to tell me and just walk away because that is not going to fix the situation sit down and take the time and say please tell me what is wrong i care about what is going on with you let her know it's a safe place and that you want to hear her out that you care about her and that you want to know what is wrong and you want to be able to fix it because a lot of times we don't want to say anything as women because we're like oh he's just gonna blow it off anyway or oh it doesn't matter or oh i'll get over it thing is women we don't get over it we don't we we sit and we internalize and we think about and and eventually that little thing becomes a big thing or the first time it happens it was just a little thing then the next time it happens it becomes a bigger thing and then a bigger thing and then a bigger thing and pretty soon you you have an explosion and that's what usually causes those explosions when you ask what's wrong nothing i'm fine i'm fine Obviously, you guys have heard that before. You're like, nothing, I'm fine. You're like, no, I know you're not fine. But see, if you would have taken, if you would take care of those things, if you just stop, stop and sit down and look her in the eyes and say, please tell me what is wrong so we can fix it. Those simple words, please tell me what is wrong or we cannot fix it. Those things make a big, big difference. And because if you don't know, you can't fix it. You have to know. But just passing it off, that's not going to make the issue go away either. So those are some, a lot of things, like I said, speaking from as a woman. And um, But you also need to know, like I said, Adonis is a, is a processor. He stews about things. And sometimes it, it, you need to know your spouse. And if your spouse is a steward who just says, I need some time to think about it. At that point, let them take the time to think about it because not everyone, a lot of times when women have that defensive, oh, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. You know they're not fine, but when they're defensive about it, then you know, probably just keep on and going and try to find out what it is. But if they're like, you know what, I just need some time to think about what's going on, then give them their time and let them think because most like I said, most people are stewards and other people are spewers, which brings me to another thing, is that your word, if you are a, a spewer, your words, they can cut very deeply. Just like words that are spoken to you, they can cut very deeply. So be very quick. If you realize you've said something that has hurt your spouse, be very quick to correct that. And I've told the ladies the same thing, vice versa. It's really important that our words, what comes out of our mouth, are spoken in love. And a lot of times we speak things in frustration, in frustration to each other, but they're built up from things that we haven't talked about. And communication is key. And I know all ladies in there, probably every one of them, want their spouses to communicate. They want them to communicate and they want them to listen. And I know some of you are probably thinking, oh, I don't have time to sit and listen to my wife for an hour, listen to my wife for two hours talk. And that's true. You don't have time to do that sometimes. But the little bit that you, if you make some time every day 
just to find out how was your day today. If you ask her how's your day, she's gonna go off. Well, the kids did this and she's gonna tell you probably an hour story about her day. Yeah, I, I understand. Not everyone has time for that. But if you ask her and you sit down and you have a face-to-face with her, how was your day today? And every day you do that, I promise, it's not going to be this hour-long, drawn-out thing. If you just take the little bit of time up front and say, how was your day today? And sit down and look her in the eyes and say, and if she says, well, I had a rough day, and you look at her and you say, sorry, I'm sorry that you had a rough day. What can I do to make it better? Something as simple as that. She will be all melty for you. She will say, yes, thank you so much. That is, that is what women are truly looking for. It's for someone just to pay attention, someone just to listen to them. And also, they want to know what you guys are thinking. Like I said, they want to know. Just like we want to we wanna tell you everything we're thinking, they want to know what you're thinking, too. And it's good to have conversations, even if, it, even if it's just 10 minutes out of your day. Sit down and have a face-to-face. Put your cell phones away. Put everything away and just sit down and have that face-to-face with your spouse. That will, that will go miles in having, having a good relationship. Yeah, i tell you something real quick yeah. that happened to me. Yeah. I've been married 36 years, but at year seven, my wife came in the living room. And I forget what it was that triggered it, but it was like the top of Mount Vesuvius blew up. And I think we talked about it was a combination of that and, uh, well, a combination of maybe me not listening, just being willing to listen to her and her wanting to talk, but me not fixing things. And because every time we would have a conversation, I'd want to give her solutions, you know, fix it, you know, fix it. She just wanted to have somebody to talk to. And then there were things I guess I wouldn't talk about, you know, just because of the way I was brought up and stuff. And it just like blew up in my face. Well, I learned real quick how to listen after that. And so we could get together and she said, I need to talk, okay. Sit down and listen. And not try to fix it, but just listen to what she's got to say. And sometimes that's all women need is to just just vent. And if they can't talk to you, guess who they're going to talk to? Their girlfriends. They're going to talk to their girlfriends. They're not talking to you. That's exactly who they're going to talk to. And sometimes, you know, we talk to our girlfriends, and, and we should be talking to you. Our girlfriends can't fix the problems. We know that, but sometimes we just need someone that'll sit and listen to us, listen to what we're going through, listen to how we're feeling. But it's equally as important, like I said, to share with your spouse. I mean, you you would be surprised that sometimes, you know, Adonis comes home and he, he has a bad day and he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm good, I don't want to talk about it. And he just takes it, but it goes somewhere. I mean, you guys, hold, you're holding it somewhere. You're thinking about it somehow. Sometimes if you just if you just let it out, you feel better. I mean, I know I do, and sometimes you don't think that's the case. Try it. What's it gonna hurt? Try it. If you have something that's going on at work, and you know, sometimes I come home and I think, well, he's not gonna understand what I'm talking about. It's this big life story. Just forget it. But it's something that's bothering me, 
And if I can't share with my spouse everything, then who can I share with? I mean, I can share with God, but sometimes I can't, sometimes I need an actual face to look at and share. And it's the same thing. You guys need to be sharing with your spouses. If you can't share with your wife, who can you share with? If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Yeah.